Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm Mark Blunden and this is The Leader. The Bank of England has heaped more misery on Londoners with mortgages and credit card debt today as it pushed the interest rate to its highest level since 2008 when Gordon Brown was Prime Minister and girls are now top of the charts. Base rate is up to 4% now, an increase of half a percent in the 10th successive hike as the bank tries desperately to curb soaring inflation. But it comes as oil giant Shell reported mega profits of over £32 billion, leading to renewed calls for a greater windfall tax. Here's Labour's Shadow Secretary of State for levelling up, Lisa Nandy, on BBC Breakfast. We should close the investment allowance loophole that allows them to get tax breaks for investing in fossil fuels. We should backdate the windfall tax to when the government ought to have done it, not when they actually did it. And by doing so, we could get real help to families who are struggling now. 2.3 million UK households say they missed essential payments like mortgages, rent and credit cards in January, up 400,000 on December. So why do interest rates keep rising? What's the financial outlook for 2023? And how will Thursday's hike impact your bank balance if you're a saver? Let's ask Dr Joe Michel, Associate Professor of Economics at UWE Bristol, about the latest bank move. Today, the bank increased the interest rate they set from 3.5% to 4%, so half a percentage point increase. That is significant in the UK, most directly because it will feed through into mortgage rates. Now, many people will be on fixed rates, but over the next year, maybe half of people who will come off their current fixed rate and have to find a new deal or move to a, a variable rate. And some of those people will have fixed maybe when the interest rates were down close to zero, 0.5 or 1%. So they could be seeing quite big increases in the rate and therefore in their monthly mortgage payments. And how about other outgoings like rent and credit cards? Yeah, so what we'll uh, expect to see with um, these rising rates is that households will be increasingly struggling to make ends meet. In some cases, you know, cash uh, outgoings are going to increase uh, and that'll be expected to feed through into other decisions to, to reduce their, their spending on on food, on travel, on, on, on a range of other things. And, and that is kind of intentional. I mean, it's what the Bank of England wants to do. It wants to squeeze spending in the economy as a way to try uh, and bring down inflation. But it's a very, very crude tool, you, bringing down domestic spending uh, in the UK uh, in response to what, what is really a global shock. But is it good news for savers? 
relatively good news for savers. Savers have, for the last 10 years, been dealing with near enough uh, zero interest rates on sort of standard bank savings accounts. The thing is, the majority of relatively well-off people have their money in stocks and shares, in sort of long-run investment vehicles, and those have actually done quite well. So it's a relatively small number of people who rely really on bank savings accounts for cash savings. So the number of people who will do well out of this is pretty small. And in terms of the macroeconomic effects, the negative effect on spending from mortgage increases will hugely outweigh any kind of uh, additional income uh, on the other side of the coin. Could you give us some context? Context about how we've got the biggest rise since 2008. I think that the important context here is that it's one more step in quite a long sequence of macro policy. You could take it back to, to 2008 or even earlier, being uncoordinated, sort of being out of step, and then one institution making a move and other institutions having to sort of react. Their actions really overlap and sort of look beyond their remits. From 2008, we had very tight monetary policy. The bank had to react with very loose monetary policy. That gave us quantitative easing. And now after the pandemic, with the shock of rising prices and so on, it actually makes the bank's job a lot more difficult. And we're using, I would argue, the wrong tool to respond to inflation. And in doing so, we are making more problems for financing the government debt. So what are the right tools well, the first thing is to notice that this is coming from outside the UK. It's a shock from food prices, from energy prices. It's to do with the reopening of the pandemic and the war, the, the invasion of Ukraine by Russia. And there's only so much that we can do to affect global energy and food prices. So really, the right thing to do is to say all expectations are is that this is now peaking, peak, so the gas prices are right back down again, food prices are starting to come down globally, wholesale grain prices. All expectations are is that this is a short run, very severe, but short run increase in the price level. So there's very little that the can actually do. There's very little that domestic policymakers can do to stop those prices rising. What they should be doing is using fiscal tools, and they have used them, for example, the gas, um, the energy price cap as a fiscal tool to share the the pain out, except that the the global price has gone up. As a country, we have to accept that and we have to figure out how to sort of insure ourselves internally, you know, use an insurance mechanism whereby those who can afford it um, cover the costs for those who can't. Let's go to the ads. Coming up, the financial year ahead and just why can't the two money men in numbers 10 and 11 Downing Street get a grip on the economy? Why not hit rate and follow in the meantime? Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. 
QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Welcome back. Joe, how's the year ahead looking? The uh, IMF, the International Monetary Fund, uh, released a forecast in the last few days and had the UK as the worst performing uh, economy on its entire list, worse even uh, than Russia. We were the only economy forecast to grow, well, to to contract at over 1%, a recession, uh, over 1% contraction. The bank today has released some forecasts which are not as gloomy. They they show a, a mild recession throughout 2023. I think we are in a period of very weak, economic activity. But this is a long run problem, a long run problem of underinvestment of misguided and miscoordinated macroeconomic policy. So I think the answer really comes down to will we have more of the same in terms of policy? And as it stands, the answer seems to be yes, the Chancellor does seem to be going for a sort of Osborne light austerity package. There's no sort of long term thinking, it's all short run reaction, they're reacting to the trust quieting uh, disaster that came from the, the sort of Johnson meltdown. So if we were to see a switch, I think, to long-term strategic thinking, policy coordination, investment packages, an industrial strategy, and so on, then I do think we could we could see things turning around reasonably quickly. But at the moment, the policy isn't moving in that direction. So the outlook is gloomy. We've got two people with considerable business backgrounds in numbers 10 and 11 Downing Street. Why can't they do the business for Britain's economy? Yeah, and I think really what this illustrates is that private finance and public administration are two very different things. And sometimes they are actually almost in in conflict with each other. I think over the last 30 years or so, private finance has done very well. And a fairly small number of people have got very rich. But that has come at the expense of broader economic prosperity, dynamism, growth, and so on. I'll give you one example. Businesses used to spend a large amount of their profits and even borrow extra for investment, for research and development, for new productive capacity. Large amounts of profits these days now are just taken out as dividends, and much of it ends up offshore in, in tax havens and so on. What's the outlook for food inflation? Yes, yeah, so it's extremely noticeable. I mean, every time I go to the supermarket now, I'm, I'm astonished. My, my eye runs along the, uh, the shelves and I see the numbers. It certainly was initially triggered by the Ukraine shock. I think we've got relatively inflexible um, supply lines, and so that probably the UK is is more exposed in many ways. And part of that is Brexit. We have imposed on ourselves an extra, very severe shock to supply lines of many things, cheese, milk, dairy, meats, and so on. A lot of that was coming through um, Europe. And so I think probably Brexit is is one of the reasons why our food price uh, reaction has been stronger than than elsewhere. It, It will start to ease off, but it's very important to say that when inflation comes down, that doesn't mean the prices go back to where they were. It means they just stop going up. Finally, Joe, shell profits, why are they so high? And what's your view on the renewed calls for a windfall tax? It's because of the high global energy prices. Those corporations haven't done any extra. They haven't done extra investment, extra research and development. They basically supply the amount of oil and gas they pull out of the ground. And if the price of those things goes through the roof, as it has done, then their revenues uh, go up, their costs don't change. They make a huge profit. That ultimately comes out of the pockets 
of households because people see their gas bills rise. Now, in the UK, that is capped. So the pain is being shared by households and the UK government. So effectively, in many ways, it's a UK government subsidy through the energy price cap to those big corporates. It seems to me a very straightforward case for a windfall tax. Households aren't doing anything different. They're just heating their houses. The gas companies aren't doing anything different. They're just getting the gas out of the ground. There's been a big transfer of wealth from one group to the other. I can't see any reason not to just reverse it. Windfall tax, take the money off the big energy companies, use part of it to cover the gas price cap, the the public finances side, and find ways to subsidize households using that windfall tax. There's more on this story in the Evening Standard newspaper and online at standard.co.uk. That's The Leader. We're back on Friday at 4pm. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.